welcome to Biohacking with Brittany. This is a podcast where we break down biohacking, making it affordable and accessible for everybody instead of having it as some sort of elitist health trend that not everybody can actually partake in. So I have different guests on where we kind of break down the science, what you can do about it today, and really just talk about these really easy, fun, and accessible biohacks. So today we have Chris Story on. Chris and I are good friends. I was on his podcast in January and we always have very interesting conversations. They kind of get a little woo-woo, but that's kind of the beauty of it. So this is definitely one of those conversations. You have to go into it with an open mind and just kind of accept that, you know, there's other ways to view things and the world and how things are perceived. And yeah, so it was, it was a great chat. He, you know, is obviously a wealth of knowledge. He has his own podcast, which I will link in the show notes. Definitely check it out. He talks about a lot of very, very different things that not everybody has talked about before or you've heard of. So it's definitely worth checking out. But today we get into some really interesting things that I haven't heard of either. We talk about like grounding with headstands, which is something I don't do and I still haven't tried, even though I should. (laughs) We also talk about like esotericism versus exoterism and what that means. And we really go into the cycle of the planet right now, actually, and how that affects us and how that affects our culture and kind of the trends that we're seeing that reflects that. So it's called the processional cycle of the earth which I had not heard of until Chris talked about it. And it's, it's pretty interesting, actually. So definitely take it with a grain of salt and be open to it because there definitely is the science behind it. And there definitely is some, you know, some really good information behind it. And you can Google it, which I've done and like gone through it now. But yeah, so let me know what you think. And thank you for everybody who listened to the first three episodes that came out last week. I kind of had some issues with iTunes, but eventually they came out and gave me good feedback and downloaded them and subscribed. And that was really awesome for the support. So please subscribe. Let me know what you think. You can send me a message directly or an email or whatever you want. I don't really care if you want to talk about it or if you actually have somebody you would like me to have on the podcast. I would love that. I'm always looking for new people. I'm currently traveling right now. I'm in Australia. And so I'm actually not recording right now, but I am always looking for new people probably come when I get back to Canada, probably in August or so looking for new guests. So if you have anybody you'd love to hear on, or you have any topic ideas as well, and then I can find the right people that go with that topic, please let me know. So there's a lot of really big episodes coming out in the next six weeks of very, very diverse guests who I've connected with mostly, honestly, over social media and have interviewed them. And there's some really, really interesting topics coming out. It's kind of weird when I listen back on the episodes now because, you know, I did them all in such a short amount of time, but there's so much covered in them. So stay tuned and let me know what you think. And I really hope you get a lot out of this episode. It's really, really good. Yeah. And like, let me know. Thanks. So thanks for coming on the podcast, Chris. I'm so excited to have you here with me and with the listeners, especially because you are just like so well versed in things that not a lot of people actually know about or understand. So I would love for you to just kind of introduce yourself and let us know where you are right now with biohacking. Well, first and foremost, thanks for having me on, Brittany. This is uh yeah, it's, it's great to be on. Great to see that you've got your own podcast finally. For anyone who is unfamiliar with myself, I run a brand called Primal Alchemy, which I call a superhuman optimization brand. It is everything to do with physical, mental, and spiritual optimization. So I am quite involved, quite heavily involved within multiple fields of interest when it comes to maximizing the capabilities, mind, body, and soul. So I do have an interest in biohacking and I come at it from a slightly different perspective than others as I do add in more esoteric spiritual protocols and practices into what I talk about. But yeah, I mean, Brittany, probably what's good 
just to start it off is to really give a little bit of background on how I got to where I am today, just to give everyone that's listening a little bit of a better understanding of why I'm saying what I'm saying. And then we can branch off if that's cool. Yeah, go right ahead. All right, sound. So yeah, I mean, from a very young age, I've always been obsessed with superheroes, superhuman, anime cartoons. And I was always fascinated with the potential of becoming something greater than what we've been led to believe we can be. And after I finished school at around 15, 16, I became a qualified personal trainer. I've been a personal trainer for a good 10 years or so now. And I used that to support myself through college. Our college, just to let everyone know here in the, in the UK, is essentially your last two, well, whoever, if you're listening to this in the States, college is the last two years of your high school. So we finished college at 18. Whereas you go off to college at 18, we go off to university at 18. So after that, I went off to university to study exercise physiology. And while I was at university, I was initiated into Freemasonry. So if none of you have heard of Freemasonry or you've watched a few conspiracy videos on YouTube, I'm happy to say that I haven't sacrificed any goats in order to gain this powerful knowledge that I possess. But yeah, I was initiated at the age of 18. By the age of 21, I held a rank where I was the youngest in the world to hold this rank. And for everybody who's not familiar with Freemasonry, it is a ancient builder's guild, but it is an esoteric fraternity in that you can trace its lineage back to ancient Egypt and the knowledge that they possessed to do with spiritual evolution, essentially. And through thousands of years, this knowledge has been safeguarded through different orders and the modern day representation of an Egyptian mystery school would be Freemasonry. So I joined that, worked my way through that. I worked as a nutritionist at university, was a member of a team that took care of a group of athletes representing Great Britain in the 2014 Commonwealth Games. I finished university, finished my degree, went off to work on a cruise ship as a personal trainer. And for the next two years after that, I got to travel the world. I then had firsthand experience of studying the philosophies of health, spirituality, nutrition, vitality, ancient history of all of these different cultures around the world. So I really used that time to better my understanding and have a direct experience with that knowledge in order to be able to then use it on myself and see what worked and see what didn't. And yeah, after that, I was wondering what to do with my life. I was thinking of going back to university to do a master's degree in physiotherapy. So I went off to Nepal for a few months in order to work as a physiotherapist to gain admission into my master's program. And yeah, when I was out there, a series of events, one of which was an, a mystical experience, yeah, led me to create the Primal Alchemy brand, which is essentially a compendium of all of the knowledge of which I had mastered over the years of traveling and self-study. And yeah, bring that to the world and really, in my eyes, allow people to have access to this knowledge that had been very closely guarded in which has the potential when used with the right intention to completely change your life and change the world in the process. So for those who don't understand what esoteric means, which was like myself for a very long time, basically until you and I chatted the first time, I think in like January, how would you describe it? Like, what does it mean? Yeah, so with anything, you always have the exoteric explanation and then you have the esoteric. So the esoteric is normally, I mean, if you were to look up the definition of esoteric, it's essentially something that is secret or something that has only been given to a small select number of people or what you would call the initiated. So you would have to go through an initiation in order to prove yourself worthy of receiving the information you can look at this throughout the world's major religions. So if we're looking at the monotheistic religions of the world, the big Abrahamic religions, Christianity, Judaism, and Islam, they have what everyone practices, 
would be the exoteric representation of that religion. But for the priests or the initiated few, there are esoteric sects of each religion. So in Christianity, you have Gnosticism. In Islam, you have Sufism. And in Judaism, you have the esoteric Kabbalah. And they offer a subsect of knowledge that is much more of a direct communication to God or to source, whereas the exoteric, you always have that church as the medium, if that makes sense. Yeah, I know it does. That was a great breakdown. So I know you mentioned that there are certain spiritual hacks or practices you can do for health optimization. So if you're going to start to get into that world, like where would you start and what would you recommend? Well, the thing is as well is that a lot of people have a misconception when it comes to what spirituality actually is. They either think of spirituality as being a religious and they say, and they think of that as spirituality or they think of spirituality as being a what a stereotypical like hippie. Those are the two images of what a spiritual life would entitle. But it's not really the case. What I personally see spirituality as is a way of living within natural law. So what I mean by natural law is the natural cycles of the universe. Everything is cyclical in nature. And when you can tap into that cycle, you begin to ride the flow of it. And that is when you start to live a spiritual life. So it doesn't necessarily have to be anything crazy. A lot of the biohacks that are coming into the mainstream of the biohacking world, like a lot of people are talking about grounding, a lot of people are talking about sun gazing. Like, in my opinion, that is a spiritual act because you are connected to the earth, you are connected to the sun, you are connecting back to source. And it's a very natural act. Like for the majority of our evolution here on earth as a human species, we would have been barefoot or barefoot a lot of the time where we would have been connected to the earth. So it wouldn't have been a biohack. It would have just been normal life. And the same with the sun. In the mornings, we would have woke up and we would have looked out into the horizon to see if the horizon had changed. If it had changed, it would have then that would have been a warning sign that something was happening, either an invading tribe or there was something of danger. So, But we would have looked out to the horizon on the rising sun, which would have gave us our morning sun into our eyes. And the same with the evening as well. So sun gazing would have been a part of a natural, natural life anyway. But if you want me to go into a few esoteric hacks that I believe could be beneficial for a few. So guys, what I'm going to say now, this is something that isn't necessarily proven by science in that there are researchers that are doing studies on this exact thing I'm going to say. This is stuff that I've learned from my years of self-study and through self-experimentation and just through knowing how the body works. This is something that I've a truth that I've come to myself. So again, take it with a, with a pinch of salt. If it's for you, it is. If it's a bit too extreme, you're like, fuck that, Chris. I'm like, that's way too woo-woo. Then, hey, it's always that I'm planting the seed and then it's up to you what you do with it. So one of the esoteric ones, so everyone knows, like I was saying about grinding. So a good thing that you can do, <laughs> oh, I love talking about this. It's better when you talk about it in person just to see people's reactions. So you can gauge their willingness to, yeah, to respond to this. So for example, with the grounding, a good way to modify grounding to be a little bit more, to have a more of an effect on, I guess, like a, the spiritual side of things is one of the most powerful asanas in yoga is the headstand. So if you're doing a headstand, not in a yoga studio, not anywhere inside, but you're grinding yourself on the earth, and then you're also then looking to the setting sun or the rising sun, then this can have a multitude of effects on you. First off, you're getting that negative ionic exchange from the earth into you. But at the same time, it is, instead of it going through your foot, it is going directly into your head. And because you're upside down, you're going to have the increased blood flow directed to the brain. And then at the same time, you're also looking out to the sun, which means that you're going to be getting in the photons through the eyes, which is then going to convert into a DC charge. 
And obviously our bodies are bioelectric. So you're increasing the electrical potential in your body. So you've got photons and electrons coming together. So electrons coming up from the ground, photons coming in through the eyes, and then that's going to create a alchemical marriage. But what if, as, um, uh, what if you can't do a headstand? As such. Then you may want to just do a headstand against a wall. You may just want to, I mean, if you can't do a headstand, I mean, guys, it's not too hard to learn. You could, <laughs> you could, you could pick it up in about 20 minutes or so. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that the ancient initiates of our ancient past were all lined up doing headstands in the morning, <laughs> staring into the sun. I mean, this is something that is a combination of understanding the benefits of sun gazing, of earthing, and certain asanas within yogic practice, and then combining it together in order to kind of, yeah, really combine all of those, like get all of the benefits in one, but then it's also the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. So by getting all of it in together, the effects of each amplify each other's benefits. Okay, I'm going to try this now against the wall <laughs> and see how I go. Can you, can you do a headstand, Bernie? Yeah, I can, but I haven't done one in quite a while, so I'm going to have to work on it. Or maybe like if someone holds my feet, is it the same thing? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is. That's a, it's nitpicking because then you're like, oh, well, their, uh, their energetic field is then, is then yeah. going to be distorting yours. But oh, fucking hell, you don't, have to, you don't have to go that deep into it. If someone's going to hold your feet so you can do this practice and not look like a complete idiot by yourself, like I do when I'm doing it. Like I do it out in, there's this big open space around by where I live and it's like a big public park essentially and yeah I'm just that weirdo guy that when people are walking around with their families at night or in the evening to watch the sunset over the cliffside I'm just there doing this headstand and you can just see the parents just take a slightly holder grip of their child and like, just stay, stay, stay away from him Billy <laughs> he, yeah. he's, that, that's what happens when you take too much drugs yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm going to try it and I will keep everyone posted. Maybe I'll take a video of the first time I try and do a headstand again because that will be very attractive <laughs> and nicely done. <laughs> Gracious as always, Brittany. I'm sure you'll be fine with it. Honestly, it's again, you don't have to do that, guys. I mean, just getting yourself grounded on your feet. So basically the way that for anyone who's not familiar with grounding, I don't know if you've had anyone on so far yet. It's disgusting, this, Brittany. But basically, when you're grounding and you, you've you got your skin contact with the floor, if this is just normal grounding, so your feet is grounded, you have the bottom of your foot called the K1 meridian. And the K1 meridian is essentially the, the kidney meridian. And it's the only meridian in the body that actually terminates at the bottom or sole of the foot. And this meridian runs all the way up to the kidney and connects with what's called the urinary bladder meridian. And this urinary bladder meridian then branches off throughout the whole body. And it basically what happens is that this energy goes to the kidneys where it's kind of like processed and then it is then given out to the whole body. So you've got uh, this chain of electrons essentially from the earth directly into you that then allows you to recharge and that is one of the reasons why we suffer from severe fatigue all the time is that a lot of us can go through a long period of time without connecting back to the earth if you're looking at someone's normal life like a normal person if they were to wake up at seven o'clock in the morning they go and have a shower they get changed for work they put their clothes on they head off to work, they get back in at like five o'clock or so, they have something to eat, and then they sit down, watch TV, or they're in the house, and then they just keep repeating that. It's very rare that someone will actually be stood outside with their shoes and socks off in order to connect to the planet. And it's one of such it's such a simple natural thing for us to do, but I could put a lot of money on it that a high percentage of people that are listening to this, well, maybe not listening to this, because if you listen to this, you guys are probably going to be pretty switched on and you're probably going to be like, Chris, fucking hell, don't talk to me like I'm a kid. I obviously do grinding. <laughs> I'm, I'm woke as fuck. I'm listening to a biohacking podcast. Of course I grind. Fucking hell. <laughs> yeah, m more, more likely than not, there's a lot of people that probably haven't connected to the earth again for a very long time. Yeah. So it's important. It's important to recalibrate our circadian rhythms to the planet. And there's no better way of doing that than grinding and sun gaze. Yeah, I do it a lot. If I do like a daily walk, it's pretty easy to just like go outside and not wear shoes. 
or especially when I fly, like when I travel, I always, after I get out of the airport, when I'm waiting for a taxi or an Uber, whatever I'm doing, there's always like gardens and grass around airports, like basically always, especially, you know, in tropical places. So I always take my shoes off and I put my feet on the ground and you know what? I actually don't get that many like weird looks. I don't know. Maybe like people have started, yeah, maybe people have started doing it more now. But I think if it was like, I think if I was like landing in like Toronto or New York City and it was freezing cold and it was snowy and I did it, I think it'd be a little different. But yeah, I don't know. Like when I went to, I was in Fiji in like, I don't know, August last year and I landed and I did it right away and there was like this beautiful garden and I was hanging out there and it felt great. So that's like one of my best things for flying and traveling is grounding. It is actually very, very helpful. Yeah, for sure. It's very important that whenever you go into a new time zone or just on another bit of land, it's always important to connect your yourself to that land so you've got the energy to land in you, to eat some locally sourced food from that land. So the food itself is more than just the macronutrients and micronutrients. You've got the photonic information within the food that's going to be able to tell your body where you are, what time it is, and that's going to keep your circadian rhythm in check. Are there other spiritual hacks or like mindfulness hacks that you could do during the day at work? Like I'm just picturing somebody working nine to five in a corporate office, you know, they commute, they take the train, they really don't have much access to the ground or, Mm -hmm. you know, and they probably eat their lunch at their desk and they are probably pretty disconnected from their body. And these like types of people and these types of symptoms and things are very, very common. So is there anything you could do during that cycle that would help you be, quote unquote, more woke? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there are a few. Most spiritual practices you need to, it's not something that you can just do half-heartedly. It's something that all your intention has to be directed towards. That's why most spiritual practices are combined with some form of ritual. Like that's one of the issues with modern day society is that we have a completely distorted perspective of what ritual is. And we think it's very like, if you think of someone doing a ritual, you think of, you think of like Satanism, you think of some like edgy shit that people are going to be like a group of people in dark robes are going to be like sacrificing a fucking goat in, in a pentagram or something. But yeah, for spiritual practices, it really needs to be a ritual. Like it needs to be ritualized. The intention has to be correct. So, I mean, in terms of a spiritual practice, I wouldn't really say that it's a good thing to do while you're at work, but just being, like you said, like mindful, that is a spiritual practice. If you, you can give yourself mantras, like internal dialogue, and just repeat that over and over and over. So if you're doing something monotonous, something that you have absolutely no interest in doing, if you were to like internally verbalize a mantra over and over and over again, then that is in essence a way of subconsciously tuning yourself to the message of what you are telling yourself. But in terms of like some esoteric mindfulness stuff, I'll be honest with you, Brittany, I don't have anything that would be beneficial for people that just like don't have the time to commit to it. Like you have to commit time to this practice to actually get the effects. It's not going to be something where you see immediate effects from like you would do from taking a supplement or doing another kind of biohack. This is something that it takes years of practice for it to actually reap the benefits of the practice itself. And a lot of the time, you t- <laughs> when you first start off, you feel like a bit of an idiot because you're doing all this shit and there's no validation that the practice is working. And it really does stem a lot on the belief of it, which again, links to the biology of belief. And this path of, depending on how serious that you want, if you, if, you're on the, if you are on the path of being woke as fuck, you have to commit yourself fully to it. You can't just have one foot in the door and one foot out. Like you have to go all in and that's the only way that you're gonna be able to reach the heightened levels of consciousness that is the end goal of doing these practices in the first place. Yeah. I think you can start small. Like, I don't really know, like, I'll just speak for myself, like with all of these different types of ideas and practices. For me, it's been very start small and build one on another and Mm -hmm. be open to different things and slowly get into it. 
And you can start small with something like meditation or a gratitude practice or anything that is just kind of making you more present and more mindful than just going through your day, day after day, not really realizing time's going by and just, you know, which we've all been there, right? Of like, time just goes by and then it's summer and then it's winter and you're just like, where is my life going, right? And all of these types of questions end up coming up and then you get these really deep-seated feelings of like depression and anxiety and suppressed feelings. So I think if you start small, I think there's a lot to that and even just like grounding or even just like you said, like your headstand practice is a pretty small (laughs) biohack to do. It is like, imagine if you just started doing that like on the weekend, every Sunday, and that was what you did. And then then it was Saturday and Sunday and then you brought a friend and then, you know, it snowballed into something bigger. And I think that's kind of what biohacking should be for most people. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you got to play the game with the cards you've been dealt. And if you haven't got the time, you then have to prioritize your time. You need to see what's actually worth it for you, what you want to achieve from any practice or any activity that you lend your time or better saying energy towards and yeah what what is it for you like if you can't afford to meditate for 30 minutes in your day because you haven't got the time then wake up 30 minutes earlier mm-hmm. or if you can't do a gratitude practice then i mean what's going on in your life to like you're alive you should be grateful for that yeah you've got a meal on your table you should be grateful for that you don't have to worry about waking up in the middle of the night to see that you're village is being invaded and you're probably going to have your wife and kids murdered in front of you. So, I mean, there's things to be grateful for. It's just that in today's age, we are, our focus and our, I guess I would say our idea of success is different than it has been for the majority of our time here on this planet. It's only in the past 100, 200 years when we have really enforced capitalistic values on us from a young age and that's what we look to as success. And if we are not in a high paid job, then what have we got to be grateful for? And in most people's eyes, it's very little. Yeah, I see those issues. And especially with millennials and young people, it's this notion of go, 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 working to be the next famous person on Instagram, Insta-famous, right? Or working to be the next big YouTuber or whatever it is and making all of this money and just like chasing money and fame and going viral and all these other ideas. And there's just such a lack of connection to self and body and the present. And I don't know. I don't know what it's going to look like for our generation in 50 years. Like, I don't know what we're going to be like when we're older. (laughs) Well, fucking hell, Brittany. That's a, that's a rabbit hole of a question because in 50 years from now, I'm telling you, the planet is going to be in a completely different level of consciousness than it is now. There are big changes coming and like things. All right. Do you you want me just to just jump into this one? You can, you can tell me to shut you like, honestly, Brittany, if I go off on a bit of a rant here, you can tell me to shut the fuck up and I'll try and bring it back down to a ground level. But I want to explain a very important concept to people that are listening to kind of maybe answer a few questions that they may have been asking themselves for a long time internally. And it is to do with what's known as the processional cycle of this planet. So guys, to break this down and explain it to you, you're probably pretty familiar with circadian rhythms. So circadian rhythms are essentially the sleep-wake cycle of humans, of like a yeah human being. And then if you scale that up into the earth, the earth essentially has a sleep-wake cycle. It has spring and summer, which is going to be the wake. And then it has autumn, winter, which is sleep. And then this is where the esoteric axiom of as above so below originates from because there everything is on a fractal scalar model and then what we do then we scale that sleep wake cycle up again to what's known as the processional ages or the what plato referred to as the great clock and this basically what it is is that the earth is on a slight tilt 
And it, have you ever played Beyblades? Did, do you know what Beyblades are, Brittany? Yes. Yeah, I had them as a kid. You kn- no way. You know who what Beyblades are? <laughs> no, I do. I do. I do. I had them. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You actually know what Beyblades are. Wow. Yeah, wait, I, wasn't it? What was What was it? Like Let It Rip or something? Wasn't that? Let thing? It Rip. And you had Tyson and Dragoon <laughs> and you had the, the, the V-Force. Oh, God, don't get me started. I could talk about the whole podcast on Beyblade. Anyway, that's not, the point I was trying to make before I go off on a tangent is when you used to play with Beyblades and they span, once they started to slow down, they started to wobble. And that is, that's the same motion of what happens to the earth. And because it's got this wobble, in order to do a, a full 360 degrees wobble, it takes a very precise amount of time. It takes 25,920 years to do a full 360 degree turn. And because of this turn, there are points in time that if we were to track the sun at certain points of the year, such as the equinoxes or the solstices, then the sun will rise in a certain constellation, a certain house of the zodiac, as we would call it. So you break this cycle, this 25,920 year cycle into 12 segments, and then you get the 12 houses of the zodiac. So for every 2,160 years, the sun will rise within a certain house of the zodiac. Now, what I want you to think of, guys, in terms of the cycle as a whole, if you were to split that in half, you have your sleep-wake cycle. So if you think of 12,000 years as a sleep and 12,000 years as a wake cycle, whereas what this dictates is the level of consciousness on the planet or the level of consciousness that the planet is operating on and in turn what us as an individual and a collective whole operate on. And for the past 12,000 years, we, at the end of the last ice age, we entered the age of Leo, which was the beginning essentially of autumn. And then for the next 12,000 years, we have been on a downward trend, a downward journey into materialism, where we have disconnected from our spiritual essence, our divine origin, And we have lost, yeah, we have completely lost touch with who we are, where we come from. And in turn, we have lost a part of us just as much as you have a coin and you've got two sides to the coin. We are physical in nature, but we are also spiritual in nature. But we we have focused so much for the past 12,000 years or in particular the last few, last thousand years or so. And then that's been heavily amplified in the last few hundred years of the material side of things. And because of that, we're only getting half of the picture of who we really are. And we have to start to integrate a much more holistic perspective in our lives in that we are the totality of the coin altogether. So it's no good being super spiritual and then having no grounding to actually experience this third dimension. And and it's no point being completely materialistic and then having no spiritual essence in you to be able to experience the third dimension either. And as of December 21st, 2012, which a lot of people may be familiar with in terms of the end of the Mayan calendar, it was going to be the end of the world. You had that famous film 2012 with John Koshak in, and then he ended up smashing a massive boat into Mount Everest and saved the world and shit like that. Well, what all of this meant is that December 21st, 2012 was the end of the last epoch on earth, which was the age of Pisces which for the last 2,160 years was the house, the Zodiac house that we were operating within. And we just moved into the age of Aquarius. And what the age of Aquarius represents is the beginning of spring. So we are directly opposite the point in time 12,000 years ago, at the end of the last ice age, where, again, this is a bit of a tangent, which you guys can refer to other work that I've published on my own podcast or just what I talk about in general, that there was a advanced civilization here on this planet and they got wiped out by a cataclysmic event 12,000 years ago. And what happened is that the survivors went on to eventually reseed the planet. And that is why we have the rise of civilizations such as the Vedic Valley civilizations, ancient Mesoamerica, Mesopotamia, the Egyptians, so on and so on, that these were really the descendants of the survivors of this great cataclysmic event. 
and we have really been trying to get our feet back underneath us and get shit together for the past 12,000 years. And we've hit a point now where we've essentially been in the darkest of dark. We have experienced the great winter for the past 12,000 years, and now we're going to be entering, yeah, spring, summer. So because of that sleep-wake cycle, we are going to begin to wake up. We are going to begin to be interested in shit that's deeper than the material level. And that is why this knowledge the knowledge that the Freemasons hold, and the Freemasons aren't the only secret society, esoteric fraternity in the world that hold information regarding this sort of spiritual wisdom. There are, there are others as well. And this is why this knowledge is beginning to resurface because we're at a time where people are going to naturally be drawn to this sort of thing. They're going to be drawn to the quest of self-discovery, of self-actualization in order to understand yourself on a soul level. Because if you understand yourself on a soul level, then you are understanding the universe as a whole, as above, so below. Everything is connected and the, the human body is a measuring stick of the universe. Everything that happens in man has its analog outside of man. And that is why a lot of these ancient civilizations, the original textbook or the original Bible was the human body because the priesthoods of the ancient world believed that if you understood the human body, it is a living biological temple that you could understand God or the universe, whatever synonymous like connection you want to make with it. And this is where we're at now. So when I'm saying that the earth is going to be massively different within the next 50 years or so, what I mean by that is that the level of consciousness here on earth is going to have expanded tenfold. People are going to be a lot more awake. They're going to be woke as fuck as such. And <laughs> people are going to live their lives in a different manner. And this is something that is we can't really change. Although there are certain people within on the planet, there are certain groups, certain bloodlines and families on this planet that do not want this to happen. Because as soon as it does happen our society norms, our sort of structures of what are culturally accepted and what's not will be kind of wiped clean. And we will start a new chapter within the human history here on this planet. And this sounds very over the top for some who are not familiar with this topics or subjects. But I can tell you that there is at this moment in time, a great awakening that is occurring. And you may not hear about it on the news. You may not hear about it in mainstream media, but I can tell you for certain that, it, that there's a lot of change on this planet that is happening. And we have been, like I said, in that great winter for so long where you can think of it, if you want to think of it from a biohacking perspective, it's the same as having like a form of gut dysbiosis. We've got bad gut bacteria. And then obviously as you begin to increase your intake of good friendly bacteria, some good prebiotics and probiotics, you begin to, as you begin to colonize more friendly bacteria, the totality of your being as a whole, you begin to have a better mood, you begin to have a better state of consciousness. And just as we have bacteria inside of us, we essentially act as the bacteria of the earth. And when you can think of it as the universe has fed the earth some good probiotics in that there are souls reincarnating on this planet that are... On a mission, we are attuned to our spiritual destiny and we're going to wake this planet up. And when there is enough of us to do so, we start to create a more harmonic relationship with the planet. And it's the same. I don't know if you've heard of the hundredth monkey effect before. Have you heard of that? No, actually, I haven't. Okay, so yeah, the hundredth monkey effect. It was advanced by the work of Rupert Sheldrake as well with his biomorphogenic field theory. And essentially what it is, it's all to do with another theory called theory of critical mass. And there was a study that was partaken out in Japan or off the coast of Japan on a string of islands. And they were examining a group of monkeys that were not in communication with each other. They were all on different islands and they would feed the monkeys sweet potatoes, but the sweet potatoes would be covered in sand. So the monkeys being monkeys didn't know what the fuck to do and they couldn't eat the sweet potatoes and everything was just creating havoc. And then what happened then is that one monkey found out that if he put the water, or he or she, 
shit, don't want to get fucking called out on genderism there. He or she put the sweet potato in the water to wash it off, then it was then edible and it could, the monkeys could feed. And as the monkey did it, then more and more monkeys started to do it. They started to look and then be like, oh, okay, this is how, this is how we're going to feed. All right, let's start doing this. And then once there, a certain percentage of the monkeys learned this technique, then monkeys on other parts, other islands that had no direct communication with the monkeys that were doing this suddenly just got it. And then all the monkeys started doing it. And what this is, is it shows that there is a underpinning connection, a collective consciousness that we are all tied to and when a certain percentage of the planet itself wakes up when there are enough humans that have woken to their spiritual power then the world as a whole will just click and then we're going to go through this elevation of consciousness a heightened state of awareness and when this happens this is when we are going to essentially ascend and again, there's multiple layers to what I mean by ascension, but we are in a very interesting time in that we essentially have this collective, although we are, there's much deeper spiritual implications to this collective consciousness. We also have it right in front of us right now. Like we're talking, like you're over in New Zealand, right? Is that where you're at the moment? Brittany? Yeah. yeah. And I'm, and I'm over here in the UK. And never before in time have we had this, well, in recorded history, have we had the ability to be able to communicate with each other over vast distances and times. And the internet, the infrastructure of technology has allowed us to accelerate this evolution. This is our destiny, Brittany. This is what we're going to do. This is like we, especially the millennials, like the reason why millennials don't fit in is because we're here for a greater purpose. We're here to, to really be the shepherds of the next transition of our spiritual evolution here on earth. And that's why, like a lot of us, we do get depressed. We do get anxious. We lack, a lot of us lack fulfillment. And like, what is the meaning of all this? We're questioning things. We're not just taking the status quo as gospel where we refuse to do shit that the older generation before us would have done unconsciously and just accepted that that is the way things are. That's the way things have always been. And that's what we've got to do. And we're here for a great purpose. And this is what we're, we're here to, to evolve. Yeah. I just want to just cut in. I definitely agree with what you're saying and it's pretty easy to actually see the, changes and positive changes in this spring awakening that have happened in the last like five, 10 years, even just with how, you know, like people are knowledgeable about health and nutrition and self and mindfulness and meditation and gratitude and biohacking and all of these things that have taken off is really indicative of this change that has happened. So I think you actually can see it pretty easily. Like if you just go on Instagram and like go through hashtags or go through the discovery page, like people are talking mm -hmm. about things that were not on Instagram five years ago or 10 years ago, easily, easily. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I think, and I think you're so right with the age of the internet and the age of social media and the amount of influence one person can have like yourself or like me or like anybody talking about this stuff is pretty scary and it actually moves the ball a lot, a lot faster than what would happen if it wasn't like that. Yeah, for sure. We have to, we're, we have a responsibility as being influencers within a, within a field of interest that it's our responsibility to put this information out there. And just like Morpheus said though, to Neo in the matrix, he says like, I can open the door for you, but you have to be the one to walk through it. And this relates back to what I was saying earlier is that I can tell you all of the biohacks in the world. I can break down the science of it. I can tell you how to get optimized as fuck, but that's only me telling you it. You have to actively do it. You have to go through the internal transmutation of taking that knowledge, which is you can refer to as a base metal, lead, and then through experience, the experience is the chemical in which you will alter that base metal into gold, the wisdom. And you have to find your own truth. 
it's no good just listening to everything that I say or Brittany says or mm -hmm. what any of your favorite influencers are saying. You have to find your own truth in this. You have to find what works for you. And when you do that, that's when you start to step into your power. Yeah, exactly. And it's different for everybody. And it's kind of hard to forget that sometimes, I think. So just wrapping up, like now that people are more open and aware to this change that's happening and you've definitely gone into why it's happening in the history of the world and whatnot. Like what can we do today and tomorrow with this information now? Like how do we move forward and grow with it and not just let it be something else we just heard about? That really comes down to the, where you're at in your own personal life with what you're willing to do to get to where you want to get to. And I think, especially with this sort of information, it raises a few eyebrows. And I want the last thing, the last little biohack tip to tell people, which in my opinion is the most important trait you can have as a human being here on earth, especially in the year 2019. And it lays down the foundation for you to build your biological temple or your tower of Babel to reach to the heavens above. And this is very simple, but not a lot of people possess this trait. And that is to simply not give a fuck what other people think about you or say about you. And if you have that trait, then you become essentially unfuckwittable. Like, no, because no one's opinion is going to matter to you. All that matters to you is your perspective and the image of who you are by yourself. And that's all that matters at the end of the day, because this is all on you. This is your hero's journey. This is your quest to reach enlightenment and no one's going to do it for you. And when you do shit like this and you step out of line, people are going to say shit about you. Like for my whole life, people have been saying all types of shit about me, but I couldn't give a fuck. I never have done since I was young and I don't know. And what it's allowed me to do is create the life that I wanted to live. It's allowed me to create my or to step onto my path of destiny and a lot of people keep themselves in line with other people because they don't want other people to think they're weird they want to feel accepted they want to be in with the in crowds they want to have the followers on instagram and people are just cookie cutter cutouts of each other you've got to be authentic to yourself you've got to be authentic on a soul level and if you live your truth you will then gravitate and magnetize the people that you need for your own evolution into your life. And the universe will start to wink at you. And the way that it winks at you is by giving you very synchronistic or serendipitous happenings in your life. And if you learn the language of the universe and how to interact with it and communicate with it, then you're going to find yourself just living in the moment. And it's when we live in the moment that it gives us access to the infinite potential of infinite possibilities that can manifest from just living in the moment. So guys, if you're listening or you're still listening and you're not asleep by now, <laughs> do not give a fuck what anyone says about you or whatever people's opinions are on you, your goals, what you want to achieve in life. None of that matters. All that matters is what you think of yourself. Awesome. I love it. So like give zero fucks and be woke as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. So... Grow your hair, grow your hair into some dreadlocks, get yourself a nice big amethyst crystal. Make sure you post plenty of pictures of you doing a green detox on Instagram and maybe, maybe go over to Bali for a few weeks and then come back enlightened. Okay. I actually am going to Bali in like a month. So. Uh Oh, someone's going to get woke. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. Yeah, I actually probably will. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I always learn so much every time I talk with you. You just have like so much to offer and so different from what other people are talking about. And it's really important to have conversations that open people's minds and are different from the status quo. So thank yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. Th th thanks for having me on, Brittany. And guys, again, this is this is something that like with podcasts, it's like you got to be respectful of time and there's only so much I can talk about. And the stuff that I talk about, it requires a lot of explaining. So if you were interested in what I had to say, then 
yeah, check out primalchemy.co.uk. That's my website. I actually, like the brand itself, I actually make health supplements. So again, we didn't talk about that here, but I actually do make some pretty good health supplements. So you're more than what, just please check it out. I've got my podcast, The Red Pill Initiation Hour, which Brittany was on herself, which I believe was episode, what were you, Brittany? I'm trying to, you were episode nine. Yeah, so if you want to listen to Brittany talk, then yeah, episode nine of The Red Pill Initiation Hour, check it out. Me and Brittany had a great chat, and that's what's led to me being on here. And yeah, just follow me, Instagram, Primal Alchemy UK, reach out to me. I always appreciate any little bit of feedback that you guys would give. If you've got any questions, I can take you down a few rabbit holes. So Brittany, thank you for having me on and allowing me to speak some of my own truth and yeah, just have a little bit of a laugh in the process and yeah, hopefully you guys have enjoyed it. Yeah. Awesome. Everything will be linked below in the show notes. And yeah, thanks again for coming on. Sound. No problem, Brittany. It was my pleasure. I hope you got a lot out of that episode. It's definitely jam-packed and Chris just has so much to share. It's always such a great time. So the show notes will have all of his links in them for you. And let me know what you think. Subscribe and shoot me a message if there's somebody that you would like on the podcast or there's a specific topic that you would like me to talk about. Next week, I have a friend of mine on who is a famous YouTuber, and we kind of dive into her experience with the nutrition and diet and health industry and what that has been like for her, as well as we talk about ayahuasca and psychedelics and a few different drugs and how those can actually help you with your self-development and your journey of figuring out who you want to be and all sorts of things like that. So... Stay tuned for that coming later next week. My episodes are currently coming out a bit later in the week, just with my time zones as I'm in Australia. It's a bit tough right now. But yeah, look out for that and let me know what you think. I would love to chat with you. And please share, subscribe, do all the things. Thanks.